This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. At this point, it's my intention to play for the Jets. Anything that falls short of this Jets team not winning the division, oh boy, watch out. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know All right. Most of the Packers have reported to... What is it? Off-season activities today? Yeah, so the off-season workout program can officially begin today. All right. And this is league-wide, right? So this is not just in Green Bay. So this is also in New York, where the Jets play. Yep. Right? So <laughs> this is kind of a league-wide thing. So I, the reason athletes might be compelled to show up is that maybe they're young, vying for a roster spot. The much time they can get in the facility, the better. Other players have rather sizable incentives tied to their contract. For example, David Bakhtiari gets $700,000 for showing up to 80% of the offseason program. And like today, they're not even practicing, yeah, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm showing up, right? I don't know what they're doing inside, but it has nothing to do with training camp or OTAs. That's right. all separate yeah. and down the road. The, the most interesting thing on this, it, it, it's a list. And presumably, the higher the dollar amount incentive-laden for a player to show up, Maybe the more worth a darn the player is. So David Bakhtiari, seven hundred grand. Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, seven hundred grand apiece. Elton yep. Jenkins, five hundred grand. These are all Pro Bowl players, wow. right? Aaron Jones, five hundred grand for showing up. Aaron Rodgers, fifty thousand. That is the same as backup safety Rudy Ford and punter Pat O'Donnell. <laughs> is that because they know he's not going to show up? Yes, absolutely. Because they absolutely know he's not going to show up. Now, meanwhile, in New York, they're saying the same things. Uh, off-season program is underway. No Aaron Rodgers. He probably wouldn't show up anyway. So now they're starting to get the hang of it out there. Right? They're, 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 yep. they're now in a very short time understanding what this song and dance is all about. I, this is not mandatory. You don't have to show up. Obviously, the players go if they've got an incentive in their contract. And yes, if you're going to... Pay millions of dollars for this kind of talent. You want them to be a part of your offseason program from start to finish. Especially if you have a young team or you're new to a team. Like, he's not familiar with any of those guys in New York. This is so goofy. It reminds me of, remember when you used to take a test and you'd get points because you put your name and date at the top? Oh, yeah, the ACT, we call (laughs) that. So, like, this is part of your job. Yeah. Oh, we're going to pay you early? Pay you more to show up? We have a prep meeting every day at 1030. And we're all there. We're not getting paid a bonus to be there. It's part of our job. Yeah, yeah. it's to help us perform well, period. All right, And Greg. build relationships. It just, uh, that blows my mind. Yeah, unbelievable. Thank you. Okay, I enjoyed that, guys, very much. <laughs> it's 4.15. Up next, I don't know if you noticed, but it snowed. It's cold out. It's, ugh. What does that mean for the stuff that started to sprout in your front yard? The plant doctor, Melinda Myers, with us live in the studio. Up next. 38 degrees. If you woke up this morning with a little bit of snow and you didn't like it, imagine how your plants felt. They were <laughs> down where it was good. warm and they came up through and now they're sitting in snow and cold. The plant doctor, Melinda Myers, is with us. Melinda, it's always good to see you. Great to see you, too. And I feel like I only bring the snow every time I come <laughs> here. So I gotta, we got to change that here pretty soon. I have soon. a beautiful bleeding heart that's right outside my front door. And it has gotten bigger every year and it blooms and it's stunning and it's special and people comment on it. But it only feels like, and I live in Menominee Falls, about half of the time does it survive because we get what happened last night. You bet. You know, we had 80 degrees on Saturday. It was 29 degrees when I woke up for several hours. So that's pretty tough. And I'm now away from the city. When I was right in the heart of the city, mine was every year I'd get great blooms. This I'm not as lucky as you, but it seems like as soon as it comes up, we get a cold snap 
it survives. It's just not as beautiful as I'd like it to be. So the good news is a lot of those plants will survive. Those spring flowering bulbs I've seen in 15 degrees come back. Pansies covered with ice. The Mm. ice melts. They're good. Snow's a good blanket. Um, irritating for us, but good for our plants, right? <laughs> and there's not much we can do, um, but not plant too soon. You know, hopefully you didn't get tricked into buying tomatoes <laughs> and coleus and put them outside. Those need to wait until the air and the soil's warm and the danger of frost has passed. But snapdragon stalks, um, pansies, lettuce, greens, radishes will all take the cooler soil and cooler air. And so they'll make it through. We don't like consistent, you know, 29 degrees for a long period. Mm-hmm. But near freezing, you know, we can throw some row cover over if we really are concerned. That lets air, light, and water through but traps the heat. You know, we may see some things damage, some holes in leaves as those buds were expanding. Oh, yep. But it's going to be a wait and see. And hopefully the snow, there wasn't that much of it, so the tree should be okay. Just let it melt and Wait for warmer weather, right? <laughs> I, I like to call it bud peekaboo, right? You know, the buds start to open up and they see what's happening. They're like, woo! And they just kind of shut back down. Can, can that literally happen with flowers and certain shrubs and trees? And can you put that in your book? Can you associate I, I, the phrase I, I with me? I was thinking, I'm not sure what was in your coffee this morning as yeah. you were watching those buds peekaboo. But they do, you know, temperatures have a great influence. And we are seeing earlier spring with warmer weather. But then we get this cold snap. And so sometimes what happens is those bud scales do start to peel back. Sometimes that exposed tissue can be damaged. So sometimes like our maple leaves will open and they've got mm-hmm. all these holes and it looks like a bug's been eating them, but it's really was damaged by the cold. Mm. And so plants will stop kind of, you know, the cold temperature will slow things down a bit. Last year we had um, 17 degrees. My peaches were in full bloom. I thought, oh, I'm going to get yep. nothing. I still had peaches. Yep. And I and I was surprised, you know, so you can never tell what's going to happen. So now I'm going to be paying better attention yes. to that peekaboo out peek-a-boo. there. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful to see the flowering trees this past week of 70s and 80s. It's just glorious. I took a walk on Monday evening and I looked at the brickwork in my front yard and I was like, I don't even have to weed yet. I looked at my <laughs> brickwork on Tuesday, Melinda, Tuesday, dandelions. In the cracks. I mean, like the size of my palm, the leaves. I'm like, you are kidding me. So as uh, so I don't feel like snow and dandelion should go together. But honestly, what advice do you have that is good for nature? Is there anything I can do other than ripping them up by the root, which I love? Um, but, A lot of revenge in there. I can yeah. feel that anger oh, yeah. getting yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to clip them up. But what are some things that we can do to prevent dandelions from just taking over because they do that in a snap and the pollinators do nectar on them but i have i have they can't be in my garden they can be in other areas right so pulling is probably the most eco-friendly there are some organic products that burn the top but they don't kill the roots so those are a little more eco-friendly they use soaps at a higher Mm -hmm. concentration or some even vinegars and plant oils Mulch, once you get them out, you can reduce those that sprout from seeds with mulch, shredded leaves, evergreen needles, things that are on your property. Not only does it suppress weeds, it conserves moisture. And we've had some pretty hot summers recently and dry, so it'll reduce the need to water. And as they break down, they improve the soil, so your plants have a better chance of outgrowing those weeds. So there's not an easy solution if you don't want to break out the chemicals, but the the payback is healthier plants, healthier soil. 
and you get rid of some of that frustration and burn calories so you can have that extra glass of wine <laughs> I like and that. cookie. That's Ooh, what I like that. That's right. <laughs> Learn how to grow beautiful, productive gardens. This is a really cool partnership between Wisconsin's public libraries, We Energies, led by the plant, Dr. Melinda Myers. Tell us about this. It's yeah. a lot of stuff. I'm really excited. The libraries are great because their mission is education, and they do lots of great things to help educate and inspire people. So it's a perfect partnership in We Energies is fueling that, so to speak, mm-hmm. by providing the resources. So we are doing seed swaps. You have extra seeds. Everybody, you buy seeds. You don't use them all. Trade them with your friends. Buy a six-pack of plants. Swap them out. You know, you don't need six of those. Maybe mm-hmm. three for each of you. I'm doing webinars. So tomorrow night, we're doing bountiful, budget-wise harvest, so ways that you can grow food and save some money and have good, nutritious food. I'm going to do a tomato in a pot, so even if space oh, is limited. Fun. A bug hunt, so find out the good guys in your landscape that are helping grow healthy plants. Uh, worm composting, convert oh. those kitchen scraps into compost. And then we'll end the season with energy-wise gardening landscaping tips. So just kind of a little bit of everything for people, whether you have a small property or a large property. Or if you're a rental property, maybe convince your landlord to let you do mm-hmm. a little bit of gardening. It'll help increase their value and your satisfaction. Uh, the website is melindamyers.com. You can find the books there. I use your book every single year. Thank it's you. an incredible book. Uh, you need to check it out. Uh, Midwest Gardener's Handbook, I think is what it's called, right? Right, second edition. You can yes. get that there, melindamyers.com. And check out the webinar schedule, the videos that will be released, all of that cool stuff. It's melindamyers.com. She is the plant doctor, Melinda Myers. It's always great to have you here, Melinda. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for bringing the snow. Oh, my God. I say you're a ray of sunshine on this snowy day. <laughs> okay, I like that. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. There's a serious need out there, and we're working to help fill it from some of our great partners. Our own Debbie Lazga takes a look at how you can help us help the Wisconsin Humane Society. Okay, show of hands, how many of us got a new pet during the lockdown? Yep, me too. They've been a great source of companionship and friendship, and we want to make sure that they have everything they need, right? Well, once again, we are partnering with the Brewers Community Foundation and the Wisconsin Humane Society to collect supplies needed for all five campuses. It's the Pet Supplies drive through Drive. This Thursday morning, I'll be out at Hellfair Field, you know, the one just outside of Ampham Field, to take any and all donations for their facilities. Director of Animal and Client Services, Rachel Hahn, sat down to talk to me about what exactly they need. We're looking for a few different things. Our highest needs right now are for our furry friends food pantry. We're looking for our cat and dog food, both hard and wet food for that pantry. We are also searching for more peanut butter. We use peanut butter in so many ways here in the shelter for enrichment. Something that's high value to get their brains going. And so peanut butter is really essential. And it's not just any peanut butter that will work. You want to make sure it does not have xylitol in the ingredients list. That could be poisonous to dogs. Creamy is best and helps us fill the toys a little easier, but really any kind, as long as it doesn't have that xylitol in it, would be great. Um, And any size peanut butter is helpful. And what else? Soft treats. Um, We use them in almost every way with our dogs, those soft treats. Um, So thinking vegan strips or puppy pepperonis or anything that's nice and soft as treats for the dogs. How about non-edible? Potty pads are really helpful for us too. We send so many animals to foster that those potty pads really help those foster parents who are assisting with animals 
who may not yet be potty trained. We also line some of our kennels coming out of surgery with those potty pads to help those animals recover. Baby wipes we also definitely are in need of. Um, as you can imagine here in the shelter, we clean up a lot of messes and so baby wipes are very essential for our staff and our volunteers. Oh, and don't forget, it is spring cleaning time. Pay no attention to the snow we just got. Time to clear out the closet of stuff that you are not using. If folks are doing that spring cleaning and wondering, hey, can the Wisconsin Humane Society use this item? WIHumane.org. We have our wish list right there so folks can just go right on and determine if we can use that item. It's not just for the adoptable animals either. Did you know the Wisconsin Humane Society has a robust wildlife rehabilitation site? They take care of any wildlife that may have run into some problems. They rehab them with the idea of releasing them back into the wild when it's safe. Those animals need a little help too. Our wish list has a lot of their needs on there and uh, surprisingly some of the items on there might look similar to some of the items that you just have in your home. So thinking like Dawn dish soap or even, you know, some of the same things that are on the domestic side or on the adaptable side, like those blankets and whatnot. Um, but the more specific needs are all listed there. Look, our little four-legged and sometimes two-legged <laughs> pals have been there for us. Let's be there for them. Help us help the Wisconsin Humane Society stock their furry friend's pantry and give all the animals a solid start in their forever homes. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. It's like a zoo in your background. That's my version of a dad joke. (laughs) Forever. So what are some of the things they most need? Like, what are what do they want? Yeah, they're collecting um, food, sealed food. Soft treats like pepperoni and vegan strips and stuff like that. Um, Toys, puppy toys, cat toys. Um, Gently used are okay, uh, Mm -hmm. but new ones as well. Um, And then they're collecting peanut butter. They need peanut butter. They do a lot of enrichment with peanut butter. And um, then they've got the puppy pads which is very helpful for puppies. And then, of course, yep. when they're doing the recovery for surgeries that they work on, stuff like that, they line the, the bottoms of the kennel with that. So it kind of helps out with that. Baby wipes. Um, You're going to be out there, right? So this I is am. on Thursday. Yeah, we're going to be doing a drive through collection of all these supplies. I'll be there from 7 a.m. until 10 a.m. Um, giving high fives, screaming, yelling. Oh, fun. I'll be talking to the morning show, and I'll be talking to Steve, too. And, uh, you know, try and get as many people. They, got, they did six pallets worth last year. And that lasted two weeks. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah, they go through it fast. Wow. So we're going to try and beat the six pallets this year. Yeah, let's so, do it. Yeah, so that, that'll, that'll help out a lot. And, and uh, they do such good work at the Humane Society. Yeah, they do. We've had, we've had a few um, shelter dogs from them, and they're wonderful. So we love it. Calling Absolutely. all the pet lovers. Yes, please. If, if you'd like uh, more information, go to WTMJ.com. You can get a list of items. You can see Debbie's stuff there, WTMJ.com. Deb, this is great stuff. Good. Thanks good. for doing this. Thanks. It is 444 at WTMJ. I don't know if you saw the video over the weekend of the flash mob activity in Chicago. It was scary. It was intense. We'll go live to Chicago and get the very latest on that. And uh, Greg Matzik's family had an up-close-and-personal dealing with this over the weekend. That's straight ahead on WTMJ. It began down in Chicago on Friday night. Hundreds of folks went to 31st Street Beach. They were running around. They lit a fire. They chased police cars, smashing windows. Then on Saturday night, hundreds of teenagers in Chicago went downtown to the area in the Loop, tried to get in Millennium Park. They were on Michigan Avenue. They jumped on cars in a bus. It was out of control. Some teens were shot. People were arrested. 
WGN Radio's Ryan Burrow, our good friend, is with us this afternoon. Ryan, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, good, good to talk to you again. You know, I don't know if you guys have struggled as much as we have about how we define this. How we how we how do we describe this? Is it a flash mob? I mean, there wasn't any synchronized dancing involved. Is it like some kind of mob action? Usually, there's some kind of political or so, something that's charging that right you know, a, a team a team takeover i mean that that sounds like a disney channel wilding special. was a term that you was know, used a few years ago yeah, we don't yeah we don't really know what to call this because we, we still don't really fully understand what it is it's just chaos and i think that's what's made it successful for these teenagers at least this weekend you know we had uh, very nice weather and I, I don't think it would be out of sorts to say that the police were not prepared to, to have something like this happen, uh, you know, in the middle of April, whereas, you know, in June or July, they may be a little bit more prepared, uh, you know, in, in areas where kids tend to congregate, beaches, downtown, whatnot. Ryan, do we think this was all instigated by social media messaging? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's what it is. And you've got a bunch of teenagers and they're able to communicate so quickly and and organize so fast. You, you think that you, you wish that they'd do that with their studies or other things, but you know they're they're instead able to, to create these kind of weird atmospheres. Um, and you know, I would say probably ninety percent of them weren't doing anything wrong, but just standing there and being a part of of you know the bad people, the bad apples who were breaking the windows, who were uh, you know shouting things at people, who were grabbing people and throwing them down to the ground. Um, and, you know, we're, we're at a very sensitive point right now in Chicago because you've got an outgoing mayor and Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, lost her election. You've got an incoming mayor and in Brandon Johnson who did not run as the, the tough guy cop. We're going to go get him guy. He, he ran a little bit softer of a campaign than that. You don't have a, a top superintendent right now. They, they're, they're in the process of finding out who that next person is going to be. So it's a sensitive time. That being said. These kids don't care about any of that. They don't care who the mayor is. They don't care who the police superintendent is. They just want to know where these soft spots are and where they can, you know, cause a little bit of trouble, which turned into some big trouble this weekend. So a couple teens were shot. Were arrests made? Did they just disperse? How did it come to a close? They did, yeah. 15, 15 were arrested on, on Saturday um, with, with everything that went on. And that's the problem, right? You've got hundreds of kids. Uh, maybe 90% of them aren't doing anything bad, but 5% of them have guns or they're looking to fight. And anytime you've got that many people packed in a tight area, especially teenagers, it doesn't take much to set them off. You know, you could potentially have a very, very dangerous situation. And when it happens so fast, police don't know how to respond. It's what if we, if they had known that that was going to take place, they would have had horses down there. They would have had, you know, patrols. They would have bike cops, but they just didn't have it, have it because it happened all so quickly. They try to track what's going on online, but there are some restrictions as to what they can view that's not public. They can't uh, pretend that they're teenagers and, and try to, you know, find out all these social media platforms. It's something that uh, uh, police are struggling with as far as trying to get that inside intel. WGN Radio's Ryan Burrow. Thanks for the update, Ryan. Yeah, no problem. Take care, guys. Uh, Greg, so your family, who we met, your family is in town from Tasmania, off the coast of Australia. They were here. We met them in the studio. They were down in Chicago when this happened? Yeah, so they, they stayed with us for a few days last week, and then they got on a train Thursday afternoon, went to Chicago, spent some time with my brother, who works right by the train station, Union Station, 
And we were asking how their trip was going, if they were enjoying Chicago, because the final leg of their tour, which just began, is in Honolulu. So they were going to get yeah. on a plane and, and fly to Hawaii. So I got a note from my cousin Selena saying that they didn't have Wi-Fi where they're at. They're using the WhatsApp app, so they don't sure. have their normal phone kind of thing. So when they're connected to Wi-Fi, they can send messages. And they said they went to the Art Institute, they went shopping, had a great time, went out for dinner last night. Ended up getting caught up in a whole bunch of the drama. Got home safely to their hotel, but a bit shaky. People threw things at their Uber and at the restaurant windows. Oh my they were gosh. locked in the restaurant. Uh, they were at a pizza place, and right in front of the pizza place is where the two shootings took place. And this is right in a main high traffic area with foot traffic and cars. I mean, it's Michigan Avenue, Washington, like mm-hmm. yep. you name it. Everything is happening around that area. So that was their first big city experience in Chicago. They come to the oh. country and they, they experience what America is really all about at times. Right? And that's why police are so concerned, because this was Millennium Park. It was Michigan Avenue. This wasn't, oh, well, it's by the United Center where they're all shooting each other. I mean, this is Michigan Avenue, the Magnificent Mile. Well, they got three young kids that they're traveling with. And, and you know, I said our, our country is a great country, and it's also flawed. It, Were they it scared? Yes. They... They, they said they were a bit shaken, but they... They kind of roll with the punches, it seems, and, and always can, tend to skew positive. And now they're on a plane to Hawaii, so I'm sure they'll enjoy the beach. And I don't want to over-dramatize it, but that is terrifying. You don't know where yeah. to go. You don't know really what's going on, especially if there's shootings right outside the window. That is that is terrifying. And then you've got sure. little ones who you're trying to comfort when you're trying to find out information. Like you said, did they have Wi-Fi in the restaurant? You know, <laughs> try to get in touch with other people in a foreign country. And, and it's, it's embarrassing if it's someone from a foreign country, and it's just embarrassing. It's like you said, well, yeah, we're not perfect. This is what happens. Well, this is not what happens in most other countries. No, it's, it's definitely not, so not it's what happens where from. No, and my it's, mom has retired to Chicago on purpose because we've loved our experiences in the city. Yeah, us too. But now she really doesn't venture down on Michigan Avenue except to... How sad is that? Yeah, and then that's but really the reason that she went. There. Yeah. So we're reevaluating that, I think. Sure. <laughs> After, the, yeah. after Saturday. Yeah, that is not a great situation.